You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, this is Malia, your host as usual, and today I'm joined by my other co-host as usual. Yes, it's like our show now. It's David. Woo! It's like B-Side with Malia and David. Yes. There you go. (laughs) It's official. Um, we also have a uh, silent and shy little co-host today. Yeah. Miss Libby is sitting in. Don't want to say anything. From school. No. Okay. Doesn't want to. Doesn't want to talk. But I even told her on the way here I'd give her a chance to tell the entire church how mean I am. And <laughs> I said, "This is your opportunity." I did. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Whatever. I love it. I love it. Um, so what are you guys up to today? Uh, well, work as usual. Other, no, but she got to go to the doctor today. So we're, she's playing hooky. Mm-hmm. I mean, she does not look sick at all, but. Still has a smile on her face. Still has a smile. <laughs> but she, her mother's one of those. As soon as the babies say they don't feel good yet, you got to get them checked out. Aww. So. Man. I, I think I used to be like that, but now I'm just like, you're yeah, fine. <laughs> well, thankfully, they're not like I was at that age. And I told them that. Like, I would try to get out of school all the time. Like, oh, I was sick. You know? Yeah. I sure. mean, I would have I would have tried anything. For some reason, they don't do that. So when they say they don't feel good, it's, yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. We you know like it's legitimate. School, right, Libby? She said, mm, kind of. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I didn't like missing school. I didn't love school, but I didn't like to miss it because I didn't want to get behind. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, maybe we're kind of similar in that. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, So we have a a lot to talk about today. We have two um, more weeks of sermons under our belts here with First Peter. Uh, I need to like switch gears because yesterday we were talking about um, submission to authority, which yes. is coming up this That's coming this. Sunday. Yep. Um, and so now I need to like backtrack back. in my head to the last two weeks. Um, but we called about holy. We talked about holiness. Um, we talked about Jesus being the cornerstone. Yep. Right. Those are kind of some of the high points. Um, so. Uh, I, I feel like the the very beginning of First Peter, we see him open his letter by kind kind of laying out um, the nature of like our future hope and mm-hmm. our inheritance, um, and we get to see how um, we are able to understand the gospel in a way that not even like the prophets mm-hmm. or the angels yep. um, can comprehend or could comprehend. And so, um, I guess with this little switch here um we transition from kind of like a description Mm -hmm. like descriptive text to more prescriptive Mm -hmm. uh meaning like it's not we kind of talked about this at staff meeting a little bit yesterday meaning it's not just describing what's happening um but we're we're moving into texts that are um instructive in nature yep um and so which is always fun always (laughs) because that's what you want to be told is what you're supposed to be yeah 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 um, so Peter described our salvation and now, um, he'll tell us how to respond mm-hmm. to that good news. Um, mm-hmm. as we, especially as we are, um, faced with opposition and trials and persecution. Um, yep. but kind of like we've, we've talked about in the past, we, 
are not experiencing persecution no. the way that the early church experienced persecution, at least not here no. where we're at um, in Vinton, Iowa. Uh, so I, I think sometimes it's a little a little hard for us to really um, put ourselves into the context that he's uh, writing here. But um, I, I think we do get a little taste of it here and there. I mean, like I said, it's nowhere on the scale. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it. Yeah, I actually read one author while I was studying with this that says we're actually doing a disservice to real Christians that are facing persecution to yeah. use that term. You know, yes, we have hardships, but a lot of the stuff that we complain about here in America isn't even based on our faith. Honestly, it's like mm-hmm. we complain. I mean, no, I'm wrong. I do it too, but you know. Gas prices are so high. That has nothing to do with my faith. I'm not being persecuted because of my belief in Jesus and paying right. high gas prices. Or, you know, we look at hardship like that. Like, you know, food prices are going up. And and we try to, like, wrap that all together in this, you know, like, I'm being such hardship because that's not. We're not facing the, you know, when we come on Sunday morning, we don't have to sit here with fear that somebody's going to break in the door and arrest us or mm-hmm. beat us or potentially kill us. Because we're gathered to worship in Jesus, you know we can yeah. we can sing out as loud as we want. We're not huddled down in a basement trying to sing in hushed voices, you know. So yeah, it, it, I'm not saying we don't have hardships. I'm not saying there's not right. difficulties in some way, but with that word persecution, right. we're kind of lessening the word. Yeah, we definitely have valid things that are going on. I mean, I think we saw over the summer with. Um, the, the tenseness in the mm-hmm. community over um, the library stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know if anyone was ever like fearing for their lives or, you know, none of us had anything physical mm-hmm. happen to us. Um, I mean, lots of unkind things yep. on the internet and social media, uh, which still is awful, still stinks. But um, yeah, definitely not the, yeah. the same type of persecution. Yeah. Yep. So um, right off the bat here, we're looking at 1 Peter 1, starting in verse 13, and Peter is calling us to be holy. And so what are, what are some of the ways that he is calling us to be holy here, David? You want this one, Libby? Okay. Um, <laughs> that was an adamant uh, no I'm just, Libby. I'm just trying. I'm trying to involve her. <laughs> uh, well, we can narrow it down really simply in this first part that he he's hitting on three areas of life, which really surround every aspect of life. He's calling for holiness in our thought life. He's calling for holiness in what the passions and desires of our life is. What's what are we what are we striving for? What are we longing for? Um, and then he's coming right down to it that your conduct, so how you act, how you you know. So when you think about that, that's encompassing. He's going back to. God calls us in holiness, being set apart in every aspect of life. Mm -hmm. Um, What are the desires of my heart? What am I striving for? Where's my happiness found? Where's my drive in life found? Where's, where are my thoughts? Are they, are they centered upon the truth of God? Are they centered upon the truth of who Jesus is? Is it centered upon everything that Peter just got done talking about with salvation and who we are and, um, so this is where he's hitting us is, is, is those three areas. But then in that same passage uh, towards the end of it is that I really changed my thinking towards it while I was studying it where he's, and I, I said it on Sunday or the, when I preached that where he's talking about the grass withering and dying and, and, and he's, we also are called to holiness when it comes to what's our outlook. Like, what are we look? Are, are we eternal focused or are we temporary focused? Are we, you know, and all of that is just simply being said to be set apart, different. Do, are we unique? 
are we going against the grain of the world in our thoughts? You know, if I can go and set with a whole group of people that don't know Jesus and my thoughts are just the same as theirs, then I'm not being, I'm not set apart. If I can blend in with a group of people that are not glorifying Christ, I'm not being set apart. Mm -hmm. There's no holiness there in my action and my conduct. If I'm chasing after everything the world says to chase after for my desires, you know, so that's where he's challenging us is those, you know, so it really encompasses everything as a, as a person, am I set apart for God and, and, and striving for holiness? Mm-hmm. And, and it all goes back to the beginning of, you know, we're calling the series exiles, but that's the whole point. Am I living like an exile here? Right. Am I living as a stranger here or am I trying to, well, live my best life now? You know, like this is it. I'm going to, I'm going to suck out as much of life as I can because this is what it's all about. And, and that's, that's where, you know, the grass withers mm-hmm. and, and, and he's reminding us of that promise of this is so temporary, yep. so temporary. And, and so again, am I living a holy life of planning for the future? Am I investing in what's to come? So, yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, so in verse 16, uh, Peter references Leviticus, um, where he says, since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I feel like people that are in opposition and, and, and even Christians who uh, believe the word of God and, and love the Lord still have questions about Leviticus mm-hmm. and about all of the, the laws and um, the commands in there. Um, so his exhortation to be holy here is that a suggestion or a command because we know that there are some old testament laws that we no longer need to follow so how mm-hmm. do we know which ones we follow and which ones we don't mm-hmm. well it's it's definitely a command but as i again another area where i even challenge my own thinking with this it's a command but it's a command based on not myself but it's a command based on the proclamation god is making over me mm-hmm. like am i Am I truly believing in my holiness? Again, not... See, you go to Leviticus, and that was all do this, do this, do this, prescribed holiness. Mm-hmm. That was them chasing after holiness. Like, I have to do this to be holy. But in this instance, when we look at Jesus, God is proclaiming, you are now holy because mm-hmm. the one sacrifice is done. Now it's a command to live out that holiness. Not mm-hmm. do this to gain holiness, but to live out that holiness. So when I think about it, that it's a command, but it, it's, this is where, when we think about holiness, go back to this. We can't wipe that away because it's in the old Testament, because this then connects with the greatest commandment. Love the Lord, your God with all your heart, strength, mind, you know, like everything that I am, I'm called. That's, that is ultimately just the definition of holiness. Like I'm loving him with everything I have. That was a command of Jesus. And then Jesus, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Yep. Right. So you have to look at the book, you know, of course, the Bible in its entirety and all throughout it. It's it is a command. Jesus, this is the greatest commandment. This is how you prove your love for me is in your obedience of striving to live out that which I am proclaiming over you. You know, it's, it's kind of like if um, think about it from adoption, you know, we're, t- we're told in Scripture that salvation is, is an adoption. It's that the proclamation of adoption. Like, so if I were an adopted child in this life, I am proclaiming over them. You are my child, right? That's the proclamation I am making. Now I'm expecting them to live out that proclamation to Mm -hmm. be my child. Like in their mind, they have to accept. And that take, that can take time and growth and all that and letting go of past stuff. But that's the thing. It's like, I'm proclaiming this over you. You are accepted. You are mine. 
Now live out this identity that I'm giving to you. And that's what I see when, when the scripture, you shall be holy, mm-hmm. is a command, but it's first a proclamation. You are holy because I am holy. I'm making you holy. You're my child. I have adopted you. Now I command you to go live out the identity I'm giving you. So, I mean, it's very much a command, um, but it's, again, it's not a command that I can't fulfill that on my own. Right. That's why I have to trust in the proclamation. Mm-hmm. I have to trust in what God's done mm-hmm. to live out that holiness. Mm-hmm. So, so, so do we, because he says we're holy, mm-hmm. um, does that mean we just do whatever? Oh, of course not. Cause then I'm not living out that holiness. I'm not living as that child. Right. I'm not living out that identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's completely then the, the opposite of living out that identity. So I'm, I'm, I'm discrediting the proclamation by doing whatever I want. Yeah. So that's where, like, like I said, it's, it's accepting the proclamation, seeing myself as who God calls me as I am, and then choosing to live that out. And if I choose not to, then I'm denying the proclamation, mm-hmm. you know, and, and go back to a child that, you know, you are mine. I've adopted you. You are in my family. Well, I reject your family. I reject you as this, uh, this position in my life. That's not going to make a very that's denying the you know like the acceptance it's denying the proclamation it's yeah it don't work that way so yeah no we can't just do whatever we want i just Um, wanted to clarify (laughs) yeah no the beauty of it is is then that's the beauty of the holiness is i go it's based on him so when i mess up i go receive you know Mm -hmm. i stand upon the proclamation lord i'm holy and being set apart my actions have fallen short of that your forgiveness is, you know, I, I fall upon your forgiveness and mercy and grace yeah. because my position is still secure, but my action didn't live up to it. Mm-hmm. So we're so rebellious too, even though we know this is how we should be mm-hmm. like this certain standard. And even though we fall short all the time, um, but it kind of makes me think yesterday when we were talking about this coming Sunday with submission to authority and how, you know, God lays out these rules for us and these commands, not because he's mean or like this dictator but because he loves us and he knows what's best for us Mm -hmm. just like we do as parents for our kids um but we still will we know where the line is but we still like get as close to that line as we can without crossing it but then it's like our motives shifts in that instant and so yeah it's we're just awful sometimes (laughs) we yeah yeah well and they're 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 rules to yeah, like you said, not limit us, but protect. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a conversation yesterday of, and just as an example of, so when I say this, so I'm not trying to say this judgmentally. I'm honestly saying like it, my heart hurts for anybody. We were talking about um, just divided families mm-hmm. and trying to share kids and not seeing your kid except yeah. for just one one time a week or something like that. And and I'm saying this, not again, like anybody listening to this, I'm not trying to badmouth or anything. I'm saying like my heart aches because I sit here thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I don't even know what that would be like. Yeah. But that was like God saying, like, I gave you a, a structure and how to do family mm-hmm. because I want to protect you from and I, and I know there's parents out there that you're doing, hey, you're doing all, you're doing the best you can in that situation. You're loving your kids. And I know that. And, and that's mm-hmm. not to downgrade that. Right. But that protection God put was because he was trying to protect from that heartache. Mm-hmm. That's that struggle of trying to live that life and Absolutely. love your, your children. And, and so, yeah, so anybody that's in that situation, I honestly, I, I just, I, I look at myself, I'm like, I don't know what I could, what I would do if I couldn't see my kid every day. Look at that. Libby. That's why I try to hug you he every loves day. You so much. Just let him hug you. Yes, just let him. We just want a hug. <laughs> um, 
So moving on to verse 20, this is one that just for me, I think, I don't know if it's the wording or what, but it, it can be kind of hard to understand. Mm-hmm. So um, let's see here. It says, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you who through him are believers in God. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that even mean? Being made manifest in the last times? like. Well, I, I think we... Okay, this is a hard one. I'll just say this. Everybody so we know we do. Malia sends me an email of thoughts she has. And I, this is one of them I read like, oh, <laughs> all right. Because it is. It's like an extremely yeah, difficult. It's a hard thing to you know, unpack. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one of them that I was just kind of like, oh, okay, here we go. Make him, <laughs> that makes my, head hurt. makes my head hurt. Makes my head hurt. So even I say that to say like even my answer might not be very, sure. but but the reality that I see with it and and, and just kind of understanding the way I hear others talk about it is Peter is when he makes this statement of the last times the the last times mm-hmm. we have to hear that legitimately what that means mm-hmm. there is no this is it yep this is it. Like this was the last main, the, the, the death and resurrection of Jesus and the birth of the church is the last major event in God's redemption story mm-hmm. other than his return. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I, I think this is Peter acknowledging because when, when he was writing this, they he, remember, he's giving encouragement. He's trying to build up believers that are they're struggling. Mm-hmm. They legitimately were under the impression that the last time could be at any moment. Right. And so I, you know, he, he, when I read that, I see him trying to encourage them saying, don't focus, you know, he was manifest at this time for mm-hmm. your sake. Camp coming in the flesh. Yes. Like this has all been done for your sake. And it's also another encouragement of, man, we should be in awe of the season of the world that we live in, like this time period. You and I as Christians and everybody listening to this and anybody before Jesus comes again, we live in a time when the mystery has been revealed. Like it's all been laid bare. Like all that, you know, you go back to where he said the prophets looked into this and they didn't understand it and they only got pieces. We get the whole picture. We get the whole, this is what God was intending. You go back to Leviticus. They were doing the stuff in Leviticus and they had no idea. I mean, they knew why they were doing it, but they had no idea that that was pointing towards this. Yeah. Right. So it's just like, I think he's also encouraging us of, of, we might look at the times we're living in as, cause I've done that sometimes I'll look not like not that I want to live in old Testament times, but you look at, you hear stories about older times. I'm like, man, I would have rather lived back then. Like I think I want to, you know, yeah. seem like maybe it's a little simpler, you know, you know, I've had those moments and stuff, but I think he's encouraging. Like this is almost encouraging. Like there's a reason he manifested at this time. Mm-hmm. These, this is the last time, you know, and it's for your sake. There's a purpose for what you're going through. There's a purpose for what God's doing. God's timetable is perfect. God's plan is perfect. Um, you know, as I was kind of reading other people about this, that was a lot of what they were focusing on is just mm-hmm. that mindset of encouragement in this is it. This is it. There's no other, there's no other era that's mm-hmm. coming. This is it. I mean, all we have left of the Bible to be fulfilled is revelation and, and and it's kind of that are we excited about that you know i mean as a christian am i excited about that am i am i sitting here thinking wow god foreknew jesus and he knew the moment in history when he was going to have him show up mm-hmm. and, and that's what it, you know he foreknew before the foundation of the world when jesus would show up 
and he knew when the church was going to exist. And he knew when Blessed Hope Community Church was going to exist. And he knew when we were going to exist here. All for, you know, it's just trusting that God knows what he's doing. Yep. yep. And, and again, just that seriousness, seriousness of do you know the significance of the time that we're in? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason that God chose for you and I to be Christians at this moment. Because Acts tells us that he chooses the time and the place in which we exist. And, and so there's reasons for that. We're in the last time. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's hope in that. It's just kind of like that. Ah, oh, it's the ending is coming. Like we're, we're in the third act. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, it's all going to come to a conclusion at some point in time. I like so. that. Um, before we move on to chapter two, mm-hmm. um, the only thing I want to kind of point out that was pointed out to me. So this is not me having this oh. grand revelation or anything. Um, but the fact that Peter and, and really a lot of the other New Testament authors um, never refer to Jesus as just Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's always Christ mm-hmm. or Jesus Christ. And, and just the formality that um, is intended there, I think that we've lost that a lot. Yes. Like we've, and I think we've talked about this before, maybe in the past. And I know I've seen this, like I said, I've seen it in other studies, but we just use Jesus like that name so flippantly anymore. Mm. And I don't think we intend to, mm. but it's, we've made it so familiar and, um, gosh, I don't even know the right words for it, but it, it's kind of like, we don't give him the honor mm-hmm. that he really deserves, you yeah. know? Well, um, and so that's kind of interesting to see when you're reading. Yeah. Well, it's it's a ti- it's his title, mm-hmm. and it's their respect, it's honor, it's worship, it's acknowledgement. It's yeah. it goes back to submission, and and I don't want to go too much into this, but because you had mentioned that, and I was thinking about this, it was something I was challenging even about a submission to our authorities mm-hmm. as I'm preparing for this sermon on Sunday. Uh, one of the things I was reading was um, a, a political person that was talking about I don't care if I like the person's policies or if I agree with them or not in my family, we refer to the president as president, you know, this idea of president Trump, president Biden, president, you know, and I sat there going, dang it. You know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of that. Even if I like the person, I don't put the title because it's not honoring the position and the use of Christ is honoring that he is the chosen anointed one of God. He is the rescue of, uh, he's the one that rescues sinners and he is the king of kings that's coming to rule the world, all of creation that, so yeah, it's, it's a title of honor. So that's good. All right. So moving on to chapter two, chapter two. um, right away he talks about, um, you know, he points out what we need to stop doing, what we need to knock it off. Put it away. <laughs> yeah, put it away. And it's kind of like this clothing almost reference, like taking something and taking it off. Um, and so I kind of, I looked back at one of my studies I had done and she had us do kind of a cool exercise where in the in place of all of those words, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander, she had you find like the antonym mm. for it. Um, and so the statement would read more like, so clothe yourselves in all kindness and all truth and mm. sincerity and generosity and all praise. Mm. Um, and when you think about it that way, it's, it's almost more condemning, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Than, than the other. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I don't like, th- thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Let's make that worse. <laughs> The other thing, wow, do I really do that? The other thing I find interesting about it is this you you go back to that that put away Mm -hmm. um, mentality is 
Um, <laughs> when you mentioned about the clothing, as soon as we said that, I, I was thinking about, it's not about put it away until you want to get it back out. Right. You know, like, oh, I have a reason now. I'm, I'm getting that malice out. Yeah, yeah you know? buddy. You know, I, I stored it for a while, but it's coming out, you know. It's like it's back in season, you know, <laughs> so we're putting it on. So yeah. that, that was one of the first things I thought is this is this not a just store it somewhere until you can't mm-hmm. store it anymore. It's get rid of it, mm-hmm. you know, discard. Don't don't pick it back up. But, yeah, um, when you ask that question, you know, some of the thing, you know, uh, what do you say for the malice instead of ma- kindness? Yeah. Kindness. See, when I was thinking about that, I was like, put on all compassion, Ooh, yeah. Like you know, mm-hmm. like like a heart for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not nailing that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's it's really a constant battle. It is. It is. You know, and yeah, it, it, because people are hard. People are. Yeah. People are. Mm -hmm. But that's the, that's the thing about it. It's not just sometimes how we think about other people. Yeah. It's how we treat ourselves. Oh, that's true. That's a really good point. I mean, there's a lot of people that have a lot of malice just towards themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like I ill will, I need to punish myself or I need to abuse myself in some way. Yeah. Um, or even the, you know, slander, how, what do we say about ourselves? Mm -hmm. You know, um, but, uh, you know, like for slander, the one I thought of in in the the opposite of that is just like, you know, um, and all encouragement are the words that come out of my mouth. Are they meant to encourage? Mm -hmm. Are they meant to build up or lift up or, you know, um, yeah. And, and seeing it's the little things. See, sometimes, you know, we can get um, very, don't beat yourself up on little things. But uh, I was challenged on this once and, and I still don't do great at it, but being sarcastic. Like I can be sarcastic for oh, people and it's yeah. not me being encouraging, mm-hmm. you know. And I've had people tell me, oh, knock it off. Like that's that's going too far. But I'm like, but at the same time, sure, sarcasm can hurt. Yeah. You know. Especially when you don't know the person's being sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> Philip. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see if either of them listen to this. That's true. Know. That's true. We almost need a support uh, support Phillip. group for Philip's yeah. sarcasm. Like <laughs> yes. everybody to sit down. There, and... there have been times where I'm like, I don't know if he's serious <laughs> or not. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yes, Philip, we man, love you. We do. We, yeah, we do. we're gonna put on all compassion <laughs> towards you. Oh, that was well done, David. Yeah, that's right. No malice. Nope, no, malice no malice here. <laughs> so. Um. I love the the picture that uh, chapter two paints with the cornerstone, mm-hmm. um, and we you you touched on this on Sunday, yeah. and then we talked about this at, at staff meeting too. But um, this is one of those things that where when you are doing an in depth study of something, you learn so much mm-hmm. versus just sometimes reading through a text or you know maybe getting this um, verse in a devotional, which those are great. But you miss so much. Yeah. Um, and so one of the studies I did talked about the cornerstone and how that paralleled with Jesus and the fact that um, the cornerstone is like the foundation of the building back then. And mm-hmm. you talked about that on Sunday. Um, and so with Jesus, he's the first of many. He squares the whole foundation and he is the lowest stone. And, and we mm. know that like he always lowered himself before everyone. Um, and we are really terrible at that. Um, but what I thought was really cool was um, moving into, let's see, verse seven, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Mm-hmm. But that cornerstone there actually is some translations call it a capstone, mm-hmm. which would be um, like the the 
tallest stone and like the last stone you would put on in a building. Um, and so the parallel with Jesus would be that he becomes exalted, that he's placed last and that he uh, keeps the structure in place. And mm-hmm. so, you know, then we had this time at staff meeting where we're like oh he's the first and the last the alpha and the omega and like your brain explodes and all the things and so so i ran across in a few different places a very interesting story Mm -hmm. and and here's the thing i'm gonna say this it's to me it's a legend it's it's i don't think this is true because there's nothing biblically with this but i did find it in a couple different places that when you read the bible when they were building the temple, they did not make the stones. They did not carve the stones on location because they wanted no sound of the tools at the temple. They wanted to be a very quiet place. So you, you heard no chiseling or any of that. Hmm. So um, the story went that this would have hit hard for any Israelite to understand what was being said here because the story went that when they were shipping the stones from the quarry to the temple – they sent a bunch of stones and there was this one stone that they couldn't figure out. They were like, this is an odd, like we don't understand what the stone is. And they rejected it mm-hmm. and put it off to the side. Really? Yeah. And then the story went that they actually pushed it off the mount of mm-hmm. where the temple was. Cause they, that we can't use this. And then after they started building, it dawned on the builders that they actually rejected the, That was actually the cornerstone that they oh, pushed away. Yeah. So they had to bring it back. So again, when I say that, that's, it's a really cool story. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not, it might be true, but it's one of those things that I'm not going to say here. Like, you know, but it fits in this narrative of this idea in your mind of there's a, if there, if it is true, this history Mm -hmm. of like, we got the standard stone, the first stone, we didn't understand it Mm -hmm. and we rejected it, but then we had to bring it back. Because the building was, you know, so then it did, and it fits with that capstone mentality. Mm-hmm. It's like now you got to judge the rest of the building based on the one you rejected, mm-hmm. and it's got to come back. So I just thought it was a, you know, I, I debated like, do I want to share that on Sunday? Um, but I didn't want to like make it sound like this is legit, right? You know, this yeah. is this is and a we true only story. Hear so much of what you say, that's true. So we yeah. could have taken that and run with it. That's what I'm saying. People could have <laughs> been like, yeah, so. So yeah, I did, but it was just an interesting thought that if that is true, if there's truth to that in any way, man, what would that thing, you know, cause you think it makes a, mm-hmm. a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Could you imagine how frustrating that would have been to be like, Hey guys, you know, that stone, we just pushed off the, the hill here. Yeah. We, we got to go get that, yep. you know, and it's, it's just, it just added like more life. to it, you know, like, <laughs> like how frustrated like, yeah, would you have dummy? been? Yeah. yeah. You know, like. <laughs> So I just thought it was a very interesting story, yeah, you know, that that is cool. if that was a legitimate thing that happened. Yeah, I like so. that. I like that. Um, the last thing that I want to um, talk about and kind of point out is um, verse nine. And I'll, I'll just read that. Um, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just really want to emphasize that the first kind of part of that sentence, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And then I just happened to read this mm-hmm. um, the other day in a book that I'm reading about. Um, it's basically about God, obviously. But um, I just thought this was interesting <laughs> that this came up like right after this. Um, she, the author says, I've never known a single person race a priesthood consisting of only one priest, uh, a people consisting of only one person. Nowhere in the scriptures are we given the sense that we are ever doing church on our own. 
that when we're at home in our PJs on a Sunday morning with our Bible open, that what is happening is of the same quality and content as what is happening in the corporate lives of believers. God's desire for his church is for a multiplicity of individuals to create a unified whole or from many people, plural, to create a new people, singular. Mm. In creating his church, God made her to be more than the sum of her parts. He calls individuals into saving union with his son. He ushers them into the corporate life of his church and makes them something distinct. Mm. Um, I just, I loved that because Mm -hmm. I think we could so easily just read over that without... Um, getting the sense of, of kind of what he's saying, like, yeah, you mm-hmm. can't do this alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it really pushes back on um, the individualism that we have going on in our culture where people are like, you know what, I'm just going to do my own thing. I don't need yeah. the church, whether it's because of past church hurts, mm-hmm. I, which I get those run real deep. Yeah. Um, or like, it's just easier to be at home because, you know, because people are messy and you don't have to deal with people that you don't get along yeah. with at church. Um, but man, that is not mm-hmm. the life that God has called us no. to be as Christians. And no. so, um, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. That, that is. And timely. As I'm looking at it also and thinking, I mean, chosen race. So the, like I said on Sunday, that's our unity, right? Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't mean that I give up, you know, any aspect of my individual race as far as here. But it's the reality is, is that doesn't divide Christians. Yeah. That should not divide Christians. Yeah. Differences mm-hmm. should not divide we Christians. One. We are one. We are one race. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the things that the world tries to use to divide us. Yeah. Should be the things that Christians reject and say, no, that we can celebrate the uniqueness. Yes, we definitely right? want to celebrate the uniqueness. But that doesn't divide. <laughs> and yes. and that doesn't that doesn't make one uniqueness better than mm-hmm. another. It's mm-hmm. it's it's all equal footing. And then when you think about that royal priesthood, as you were talking, I was and reading that quote, I was thinking, um, again, that, that goes back to rejecting the church, rejecting being part of this body, this race. We're called to do this work together. Right. So when we reject being part of the church, we are actually denying the church the amazing ways that God has equipped you to be the, a priest in the church. Mm-hmm. Like you're designed specifically to to minister and to do different things in the church. And we're all in this together. So it's not, oh, it's just a pastor's job or it's just a mm-hmm. staff's job or it's just a mature Christian's job. No, we're all priests. Mm-hmm. We're all responsible to to represent one another before God and serve one another and all that. And then the one that I really liked, I didn't get a lot of time to hit on it on Sunday because Time just went way too fast. Um, which yeah, it just does. we know. <laughs> hey, come on. It's good stuff. Um, but uh, the holy nation is the one that, when, when I think about that and, and that word being, I said on Sunday, it means a multitude. Remember, it, it says in the Old Testament, whenever God would send the people up, he said like he would send the nation up or he would send Israel up, right? We're not meant to fight alone. We're not, like mm-hmm. we are a multitude if we would just get united the way we're mm-hmm. supposed to. You know, but the problem is, is the enemy is really good at making too much fighting inside the nation and division inside the nation that we never experienced the significance and the power that we have as a church Mm -hmm. and a people because we don't, we're a set apart nation, multitude fighting with and for one another. Um, and it's just, it's sad. Yeah. Because really the things that do make us different, like our personalities and things like that should be what helps build up the church Mm -hmm. because we don't want to all be exactly the same. And so, like you said, we want to celebrate those, um, our uniqueness as well, but together as one. Mm -hmm. Um, well, and you gotta go back also to the, where we started 
if we're putting away all of malice, envy, if we put those away, Mm -hmm. that's going to make this possible. When we accept Jesus as the cornerstone, he becomes a standard that makes, that's why it ends with that. It's, Mm -hmm. you got to put these things away because that's the thing that's going to divide you. Malice and envy and hypocrisy and slander and all these things. And and so that's where we need to challenge ourselves. Mm -hmm. Am I bringing these into the church? And even when we we look at our church hurts and I agree with you there, there, I have my own, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I got deep wounds from church hurt. Um, but we also have to ask ourselves, man, what did I bring into it? That doesn't free anybody else. So don't, we have just as much of a, we have to ask. Yes. Did did I allow my own heart to take that wound and, and then mm-hmm. did I enter into, yeah. you know, malice and did I enter into slander and did I, so we don't do that though. Yeah. It's so easy and, to point fingers at people that have hurt us. Yes. Um, but yeah, I listen, I know I'm a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, I'm not for everyone and that's okay. <laughs> oh man. Did you have any <laughs> final thoughts for these last two, um, sections of text that it was a lot to kind of get through i try to hit the high point so i didn't get into it just real fast uh i didn't get into it on sunday because again i lost time Mm -hmm. but that verse 10 where he's like once you were not a people but now you are god's people once you had not received mercy and now you've received mercy um that actually in some of the commentaries i was reading and it really just stopped me like that's amazing was talking back to references of gomer Mm-hmm. and Hosea. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't get a chance to get into it, but this idea of God calling Hosea to marry this woman who ends up cheating on him and then basically is in slavery, bondage because of her choices. Mm-hmm. And then God, hey, go rescue her. Go love her. Go go buy her back in this imagery of... And, and they said that it's language very similar to what we find in that story mm-hmm. of here's this person, here's this woman that was cast out and you were not a people, but now you know, I've bought you back. God, like I've brought you in and you, there was no mercy, but now you have mercy. So I just thought it was a beautiful picture of how they're wrapping up. If that's where his mind was when he was writing it, I don't know, but just that same, like that, that's God proclaiming his love over us. Like I gave you this story of, of a woman that should have been cast out, but sure. I still loved you mm-hmm. and I brought you back. Um, so that was one thing I didn't get to that I just, as I was reading, it was very encouraging. Like not just read over that very quickly, but what that really means. Yeah. I don't deserve mercy, yeah. but man, he still gives me mercy. And and I don't deserve to be included, but I get to be included. So he just loves us. Yeah. Just a lot of hope there. So yep. a lot of just. Yep. But um, let's see here. So I'm looking ahead here at our next at this Sunday it's it's a good chunk of text here, David. It is Just throwing that out there. But I hey, I was told <laughs> I was told when it comes sermons, I'm in charge. Yeah. I, I do what I want. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I meant sermons, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Everything but sermons. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to it because I love the timing. Like we were talking about, I love the timing of this submission to authority yeah. right on the heels of the election. Yeah. Um, and so I think it should be should be interesting. It, it should be. It so sh- I'm looking forward to it. Well, I here's I'm yes looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. But I told you all at staff meeting, I'm not at the same time. I'm not yeah. because it it's a it's hard. And, and yeah. It, and I, I'll say this, and I've said it, hopefully you guys hear this when I say this. When I preach, man, I'm wrestling with my own, mm-hmm. you know, so there are times I'm saying, there like, I don't, man, God, I don't want to get up and say that yeah, because yeah. I'm wrestling with that. Mm-hmm. And, and so 
it will be very good, but it's going to be a, you know, as I'm processing through some Convicting, things, I'm sure. yes, there's, there's some <laughs> things where God, yeah, awesome. I, I never feel like I'm preaching at because yeah. there are times it's like, I don't want to say that. Yep. Okay. But I'm going to say it. <laughs> so. Well, I'm sure it will be great. Uh, Miss Libby, I hope you're feeling better and I'm glad you were here. Uh, you look real like into it. Yeah. She's, she's actually on her phone. She's been on her phone the whole time. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I what, love it. Hey, what do we talk about? She has no clue. <laughs> She's like, oh, at least she got the book of the Bible right. That's true. There you go. Good job, Libby. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening.